Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor. Don't like your odds? Enjoy daily bet boosts on your favourite sports and make your best bet now at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Hello and welcome. I'm Erin Cuthbert, footballer for Chelsea and the Scotland national team, and you're listening to the Blue Day podcast. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. Yes, folks, this is the Blue Day podcast, and for Chelsea fans across the world, every day is a Blue Day. I am your host, Keith Lawrence, and today's episode is quite a special one. We have a returning guest onto our show today. He was here last year promoting Blues Day with Carefree Louisiana. It's Dylan Polk, a good friend of the show. Dylan, nice to have you back on board Good, man. Fantastic. Uh, Thank you for having me on the podcast again. Ready to talk about Blues Day, the state of Chelsea, and just everything that's going on in our club. Superb. Well, what we'll do, we're going to crack on a little bit with discussing why you're on the show in in particular, and we'll probably talk about the current sad state of Chelsea later. But we had you on last year to promote this extraordinary event that you guys had in the great state of Louisiana, and we'll sort of talk about the you know, how passionate Chelsea fans are in in America, and in, in particular in that state and the towns around New Orleans and around that area. But just to sort of sum up for those that perhaps wasn't uh, listening to the show last year, tell us obviously your background, who you know, why you support Chelsea, and you know, talking about this fantastic event that you've got coming up. Gotcha. So I've been a Chelsea fan right after the A's, right after the FA Cup around 97. Um, being a soccer fan in America and or a football fan, let me say it proper, in America wasn't always as easy. Wasn't always as easy because we didn't have access to to be able to watch the games like we do now. Um, now every single game in the Premier League is visible on television. But back in the day, you had to pay for a separate subscription service if your parents allowed you to pay for that and, you know, just to be able to have a chance to watch your game. Um, so, like I said, been a fan since 97, and I couldn't imagine being a fan of any other team. The last two and a half decades have been a ride, and all the trophies we brought on, I can't imagine being another fan of any other team. Nice answer. We shall go with that one, especially with uh, clubs for the, again, the last 20 years that would only dream of the trophies that we've won. But yes, ab- absolutely. 
Yeah, so uh, that's how I kind of got into it. I am the co-founder of a group called Carefree Louisiana. Uh, We started about 10 years ago when a group of guys in our capital area called Baton Rouge were watching Chelsea games and getting together, got together with a group of guys that were in the New Orleans area. Um, Fast forward a decade later, and we have formed a coalition called Carefree Louisiana that has four different chapters in four cities in our state. And we are currently one of the largest chapters in in the United States right now. And it's all because of hard work. And obviously more people want to become fans of Chelsea, the better they do throughout the years. And it's, it's been a good time to be a Chelsea fan. It's been a good time to have a club. And it must be good as well. You know, knowing that you've, with the passion that you have for Chelsea, for example, that started in the nineties, that you could then talk to other Chelsea fans in your state, in the local pub, and discuss old Chelsea memories that perhaps they might remember, or they might sort of talk to you about about how, why they like Chelsea. Bearing in mind, you guys live thousands of miles away, then getting access to games is very difficult. Uh, well, luckily, because we, we are a member of Chelsea in America and a member of a platinum group over here called the American Southwest. So because of our membership that we have, we're able to join that. And we have access to Chelsea tickets pretty much year round, which is a great thing through the club. Um, just in the last two months, I'm pretty sure we've had at least 10 members of our group in Carefree, Louisiana, have been over to England to see matches at, their, at Stanford Bridge. Ah, superb. And that must yeah, so, that must be that must be pretty special for you guys again. You know, knowing that there's, although you've got the travel distance, think about you've still got access. So it's not like you know you guys are supporting this mega club, and the club's not reachable. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, no, we we have great contacts with people at the club um, that allow us to you know get ticketing and like help us out when we want to find places to go to, what pubs to be at, places to go eat. Um, where to stay when we come over there. Uh, we've had the ability to actually not only watch Chelsea games when we come over there, but um, the New Orleans Saints football um, team has actually come over to London and played a, lo- a couple of times in the last couple of years. So not only do our fans get to come over and watch Chelsea, but we get a chance to see how the English react to seeing our hometown team come over there. I must admit, I've been to one or two of those London NFL games Atmosphere is pretty good. Uh, there are some sort of Americans that do actually travel over, as you say, travel over if there is their team because they want to watch it. But it's quite amazing the amount of Americans that do live in London, that do live in England, knowing that they're big NFL fans and you see the atmosphere and you see the difference. So, yeah, great to sort of interact with you guys, especially when it comes to sports and getting that connection going, especially with something like Chelsea Football Club. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So let's get into it, Keith. What you got? Absolutely, no, absolutely. So in terms of what you've got planned for the next sort of few weeks, you know, obviously you, yourself, and the, the other guys of Carefree, Louisiana is going to be quite busy. Tell us about this extraordinary event that's, that's going to be coming up in the month of, I believe it's February, isn't it? Is it a start of February? Yes, sir. So on February 3rd through the 5th, we are hosting Blues Day again. And for anybody who didn't listen to me on the podcast last year, um, Blues Day is the culmination of of an idea that I had about a year and a half ago with our top boy, Roy, um, from our New Orleans chapter. 
Um, basically, we wanted to host an event that would bring Chelsea fans from around the world and around the country down to New Orleans to experience a match day, to experience the culture that we have down here, and to experience the carnival season with some Mardi Gras parades. So last year, our event hosted 150 different people from 17 different chapters across America, and we're trying to expound on that and make it better, make it bigger, and we're heading into year two. So this year, our event is going to be centered around the, uh, the Derby versus Fulham, we would have hoped that the game would have been on Saturday, but last minute the Premier League Full, changed yeah. the schedule and pushed us to a Friday game. So we're telling anybody that's coming in town, get in early, um, get to the pub. Our pub is one of the only um, places in America where you can find a Chelsea-themed beer. We have a beer called The Shed that we have on draft, and for every keg that is sold, $100 is going to be uh, donated to the American Cancer Society this year oh, fantastic. Um, in honor of Gianluca Vialli for pancreatic cancer. So even if you're just coming down to get some drinks and party, remember to get a shed because, um, you know, all that money is going to go for cancer research for um, in honor of Gianluca Vialli. But also, so along, along with the match day, we're going to be having uh, one Mardi Gras parade that people are going to go to on Friday night. The next day on Saturday, we're doing a meet and greet at a local brewery called Urban South. Uh, while at that brewery, we have a special limited edition for the second time in a row, uh, canned Blues Day beer that they're canning specifically for us. And we also are doing a Chelsea-themed trivia, and the winner of uh, that trivia is going to get uh, a special prize. I don't want to say what it is. just going to have to come to the event. <laughs> and... After the meet and greet, we're going to be doing a pub crawl throughout the French Quarter in New Orleans. And I don't know if for anybody who doesn't know about New Orleans, it's a very liquid town. Um, you're going to be drinking as much as possible. So you like your the, drinks in New Orleans. Yes, we do. We do. We like to think that we uh, we, we have a good time. We put the fun in funeral, if you will. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to be doing a pub crawl. Um, throughout uh, an area in the French Quarter. And we're going to be singing and being in Chelsea jerseys and hopefully get kicked out of a few pubs because we're being too loud. And then after that, we're going to be going back to our home pub to watch another Mardi Gras parade that night. So for anybody that has always wanted to experience Mardi Gras in New Orleans, has always wanted to uh, you know, be with a large group of Chelsea fans and to be able to give back to a good cause, Blues Day is a fantastic chance for you to do that. All you have to do is go to carefreelouisiana.com, go on to our website, you'll get details on the event, where things are happening, where things are going, um, and you'll see a little bit of history about our chapter and what we've got going on. There's a link at the very bottom if you need hotel accommodations. There's also a link on there where if you just want to register for the event and tell us that you're coming so we know how many people are to prepare for because last year we just about drank the pub out of beer. So I would love it to be a situation where that happens again. But just let us know. Let us know you're coming. Um, tell us where you're coming from. If you are coming, bring a scarf of your local chapter. We're going to hang it in the pub. We're trying to decorate our pub just like the pensioner in London, where every time that this event goes on year round, you can see that your chapter was represented and has been here before. What I do want to sort of get into the weeds of was the event last year. And I know that obviously we had you on the show promoting it and you was describing what you was looking for the event to be like for those that obviously probably would have missed it what was the event like last year you know how how did how did things run smoothly what sort of experiences could you perhaps share with us 
of you know people people's opinions of it and you know the ones that obviously attended and the ones that you know perhaps saw everything through social media um so we are all over social media trying to promote the event as obviously but for anybody that came to the event i think they were to experience something like they've never had before luckily enough we were able to center the event around the club world cup which was an amazing experience for us to be able to beat paul maris which made the event even better um, I'm pretty sure the building was shaking at the time that we actually won, won the match. Um, it was nonstop, 90 minutes of singing. One chapter would start a song, then another chapter would start a song, and then another chapter would start a song. And it just never really stopped. By the time the weekend was over with, I had no voice left. My wife was tired of me singing in her ear. She was ready to go home, and we just kept going and going and going. <laughs> um we, uh, we tried to provide just an experience like any, nothing else. So the biggest thing that I can say is when you come down here, make sure you hydrate <laughs> because we're going to be, we're going to be doing a lot of drinking, obviously, but New Orleans, it's a marathon and it's a sprint. Just be prepared for a good time. It's as many Chelsea fans as possible, um, a match day experience, uh, the culture of New Orleans and um, Mardi Gras parades all wrapped into one. If you were looking for a reason to come to New Orleans, and you're a Chelsea fan, now you've got one. It's a great mix. Absolutely. Supporting Chelsea, having drinks, and spending time with good people as well. That's it. That's it, Keith. Brilliant. Superb. Well, hopefully, you know, you guys get the numbers required and, you know, everything sort of goes swimmingly and everybody enjoys it. And most importantly, that we bloody win for a change, especially against Fulham. We do owe them one after what happened the other week so hopefully that I'm, feel, I'm feeling i'm feeling pretty hopeful after after our <laughs> game against palace i think that we're going to do them in um it's it's just going to take uh you know a good effort by the team show some passion and just streak start with one win and honestly if you look at the table right now we're only sitting five points behind fifth place tottenham things aren't that bad off we got liverpool on the weekend and we can beat them they're beatable right now like Life, life isn't all doom and gloom. If we can get a there, few guys, yeah, I was if we say, get a few guys, if we get a few guys back from injury in the right key positions, I think we'll be in a much better position to be in the conversation. Well, let's let's all go through it. Let's sort of discuss now. I said before the sad state of Chelsea. It's not all that bad. It could be worse. We could be Everton or West Ham. But in terms of Chelsea at the moment. They are throwing a lot of money onto new players. Pretty much building up, trying to build a whole new team. We've got Graham Potter now in charge, whereas, you know, the last time we spoke properly, Dylan, about Chelsea, we had Thomas Tuchel still in charge. My God, that year seemed like a lifetime ago now, doesn't it? But what's what's been sort of the belief in your area of what's going on at Chelsea? You know, what, what what's your opinion of how things are going on and things like that? I mean, it's been a mixed bag of is Potter the right man for the job? Is do the players that are there that pull on the jersey have the commitment to be what it takes to dig us out of this hole? It's can we not have an entire first team squad who's injured? I mean, I don't believe for a second that all of this can be thrown on our new manager. I don't think any manager, we could bring in the best manager in the world. And I still think they'd be in a position of malcontent with the fans and even some of the players 
because we just we don't have all the pieces to the puzzle to be able to put everything together. Yes, all these guys are professionals, but it it it, it takes the manager being able to have a solid lineup of players to choose from to be able to figure out what lineup he wants to be able to put out there. And week in, week out, he's having somebody ripped out from under him. And just the, the news on Zakaria being out for four weeks, that's a huge blow. When he was just coming into form and just becoming that player that maybe we can rely on. But at the same time, the second that he's gone, Connor Gallagher, who hadn't looked up to snuff, comes in yesterday versus Crystal Palace and puts in um, an amazing performance. With the exception of Tiago Silva and Kepa, Connor Gallagher could, could have been thrown in for a man of the match as well. He took all of his licks, never complained, true professional. I mean, when it, at the end of the day, uh, obviously we're going to have to just buckle in and enjoy the ride and realize that this season may be one of the worst seasons that a Chelsea fans experienced in the last two decades. But at the same time, if – all of these players and these new signings that we're getting can find their positions on the field, that Graham can start stamping his his way of running the team. I feel like there's a small chance for us to get back in that top five, six conversation. Um, if he can get us back into Europe, I think a lot of these problems right now will be forgiven. Do you think, as you say, if Chelsea were to get a European place, and even I believe it might be, a seventh position as well could get us into Europe. Do you think that could help Potter going into next season? Because that could give him a little bit of leeway in terms of a little bit more time. Because it does seem as if at the moment, nothing's going right for him. Some of the fans have already turned on him. And they're just waiting for the inevitable, whereby he parts the club do you think that it could be a little bit different this time around that he could be given the time required because as you said rightfully so he's not had a full healthy squad to choose from I think the merry-go-round is finally over I think new ownership that we have in place is deciding they're going to back him and the player power is finally over I think the thing that is going to be brought up and and more is you're going to have to see a lot more out of the players that we spent all this money on. And if they're not going to come to the table and actually deliver on the field, I think we're going to see a mass exodus of players who aren't getting the job done and the manager is going to stay there. Um, obviously it's been shown very clearly that the Todd father is willing to spend whatever it takes to bring the players in that we need. So um, I think our manager has the full backing of the ownership and he's going to be given a chance to put his stamp on the team and straight up tell players, if you're not getting the job done, you're gone. Because we've had incidences in the past where players have gone up against the manager and they knew they would last longer than the manager because of their contracts and they could say or do whatever. I don't think we're in a situation like that right now. I think Graham's going to be given the time to, to do what he can with the club. I mean, just look at where his team that he was at last year is doing on the table. He was given years to do what he needed to do. And Brighton is a machine right now. They're doing great things. Just imagine what we could be doing if we actually trusted in a manager. I can't remember the last time that, when was the last time that we had a manager that lasted three solid years? Keith? Well, on top of my head, um, I. It's taken too long to think about it. And that's the problem. That's the problem right there. We Probably haven't Jose. had any type of stability. Jose. Yeah, but yeah, but Joe, but no, Jose, that was the, the first time round, so he he lasted for about three and a half seasons. 
and that was with winning trophies. So it obviously shows that like our, our ownership at the time wasn't taking a, wasn't taking a chance on mediocrity, but I think the club realizes right now we're, we're in a period of transition from top to bottom, whether it be how our loan army is handled, how our medical team is not, not keeping up with the the players effect effectively um, and how our first team is delivering on, on, on the field. Um, I think it's going to be a situation where Graham's going to be given a chance to prove himself. Um, now I will say that if the team isn't in a position for at least top four and maybe challenging for the league by January of next year, then I think the real conversations might be coming from, from the ownership. He'll a year and a half is time to put your stamp on the team. Um, obviously this year has been interrupted by the world cup player fitness and fatigue has been, you know, controversial at best. Um, if you're telling me that Graham Potter can start with a team that he has designed and put into place and implement his practices starting um, in September or August of next year, and he can't deliver by January, then then they will be having conversations about him leaving. But as for right now, I'm feeling hopeful about how the team looked. I I didn't I'd forgotten what three points felt like, Keith. Like, and that's a weird, weird, weird feeling. I I definitely agree with you. It, it it was nice. I was there against Crystal Palace, and it felt quite nice to see my my team win. And convincingly, it's been quite well. Yes, I mean, I thought Palace were particularly poor. We weren't brilliant, but I thought we controlled the game a little bit in large parts. There was a point where Palace could have scored a, a, a undeserved equaliser, but. Kepa kept us in the game. As you said, Thiago Silva, he's like a fine wine. He's... I don't know. I don't know how he does it. And if we're going to be talking about that back line, let's talk about the debut of Barashile. Like he was absolutely phenomenal. Like, looked, a little bit, looked a little bit ropey to begin with. But again, I think that's, again, debuts are never easy, especially in the light of where we are at the moment. He grew into the game. He grew into the game. And he gave me hope that, you know, we might have found that center back pairing that's going to work with with Tiago Silva. But while we're continuing on the back line, did Shalaba cement himself in the right back backup position? Did he did he did he make us feel like maybe we don't have to dip into the transfer market for a right back? Go ahead. Tell me what you're thinking. I see you shaking your head. I don't see him as a right back. I know I he can. I know he can play there, but I don't see him as a right back. I didn't. I, think... I didn't see him as anything uh, um, up until <laughs> like because a few weeks ago, I didn't even see him in the team. But... As a, a short term option, while Reese James is recovering. But I mean, how many? Yeah, how many players I'll, are truly? How many players are truly going to want to come and sign for Chelsea, knowing that they're going to be second fiddle to Reese James their entire career? When we have but a they... three way. We have a three-way battle on the left side when Ben Chilwell's fit. Then we have Chilwell, Kukurea, and Lewis Hall. So well, I, I think there could, I think there could be a lot of movement with that. I think there be could be one, maybe even two, might leave either January or the summer. I think there will be a little bit of a change there. But Chalabar, who's recently signed a new deal, so I, yeah, nine, nine times out of ten, you can assume he's going to be there for at least a, a while longer. I'd still have him as a centre-back. 
but my does that thing... mean does that mean that you keep Aspilicueta another year, or do we say thank no? You I for think everything? I I think it's I I'm one of Cesar's biggest fans, but I think it's time for him to go past his new. If Barcelona want to get him, be my guest. I think yeah. this would probably be the right time for him to go. I think there's a lot of players. Kante, little bits, you know, controversial. He's hardly played this season. I would let him go. See, Kante is one of the, the few midfielders that if you're telling me that we can get him back to fitness and we have a midfield that would allow him to rotate one game in, one game out, or get 20 minutes at the end of a game so he can maintain his fitness, I'd keep him. Um, Jorginho, on the other hand, I think I think most of the fan base is thinking that it's about time for him to go so he can bring in that creator that I we haven't had since Fabregas. I think his head's already looking at different options. And again, he's, he's, his contract's slowly drawing to a close. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's probably looking elsewhere. One person I did want to obviously discuss it. Actually, there's two people. There's, there's two two people I want to sort of discuss it with you. And they're on the fringes of the of the team. They've had opportunities. They're not very much liked among certain fan bases around Chelsea. But Pierre Eric Aubameyang and Christian Pulisic. What's been your take on them? Moving uh, Aubameyang the hasn't twelve months. Aubameyang hasn't delivered since he's been here. He he looked like he could do something at the beginning. Um, it is impossible for me to see him anything other as an Arsenal player. Um, I don't I don't see him as uh, an answer to anything. I don't know what the question is, but <laughs> Obama Yang's not the answer. Um, I, it's going to be a situation where as soon as he can go, let him go, be gone. Let's bring in uh, a striker that's going to be with us for a couple years and mold us. Um, if Barcelona came and offered any type of money whatsoever for Aubameyang, I would be perfectly fine with letting him go. Um, I don't know what he contributes to the team. I, I didn't see anything Brief. from him. I didn't. Absolutely. I didn't see. Yeah, I just. I, I didn't see him bring anything to the game that he, against Palace. I just. I, I don't. I don't know what he brings to to anything. Um, as far as Christian Pulisic, as an American, I'm. You said it quite nice there, Pulisic. Yeah. He's always on the treatment table. But you, you said that quite well. I appreciate I, that. I as as an American, I'm supposed to say free Pulisic. I'm supposed to say <laughs> why isn't he getting the minutes he's supposed to be getting? But as a proper Chelsea fan, I'm gonna say that he needs to keep his mouth out of the media. He needs to keep his dad shut. He needs to quit writing books. He needs to not dog a manager and then go do a GQ advertisement. What he needs to do is um, realize that he is not a starter for Chelsea. At best, he is a bench player. And if he wants to be a bench player, then he needs to earn it. Um, I would be perfectly fine with Pulisic going off to a different club. I don't think for the amount of money that we paid for him, I do not think he has delivered in any way. No. Yes, well, I'm very appreciative of the goals that he's done, specifically against Real Madrid in the Champions League. That was fantastic. But – I don't think he is a long-term player for our project. Anytime he gets hit on the ball, he's constantly complaining. He just he doesn't he doesn't bring that spark. Hell, he even lost the captain's armband for America for the World Cup. And that should be that should be a big barometer on where he's sitting, not only 
with the club, but also where he's sitting in his home country. Was um, that a shock? Because I, I did hear about this sort of after the fact that it was sort of during the World Cup that he, before the tournament, he was, you know, the guy for the United States and he was he was the captain. And then there was obviously issues with whether he was being played enough games for Chelsea, whether he was actually fit. So I did hear there was rumours that he wasn't properly fit at the World Cup anyway. But I mean, it, the, it, it, it might have been a shock. It might have, it might have been a shock for a non-Chelsea fan, but to anybody who was a Chelsea fan, we knew exactly why he didn't have the armband. He hasn't been that vocal point of leadership and, you know, respectful to the fans and to the management. Um, he is just a player on the American team, and he's just a player on the Chelsea team, and he's nothing more than that right now. He's got a long way to go before he before I'd want to go buy a Pulisic jersey. And and that's coming as an American. Yeah, he's the first American to ever win the Champions League, and that's an amazing, amazing honor to have. Huge feat, yeah. It's a huge feat to have. But at the same time, you need to take that on your back, and then how do I do better? How do I get my? How do I insert myself into the team? Um, obviously, this injury comes at a terrible, terrible time for him because this would have been one of those moments where he could have inserted himself into the team um, with all the other injuries we've had to be able to prove himself and prove that he wants to be here and play. But sadly, right now, he's nothing more than a super sub to me. Um, when he comes on the field, he does, you know, do some good dribbles and, 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 you know, progresses into the box more than a lot of players. But as of right now, on Obama Yang and on Pulisic, until I'm proven otherwise, and please prove me wrong. I want the, I want them both to prove me wrong. Um, they're just not it. Just a couple of more players until before we do wrap this up and I'll get your predictions for the season. Joe Felix, we signed him. Ridiculous loan fee paid for. Incredibly that there's no obligation to buy or an option to buy. So it's you know, nine point five or eleven million, you work out the difference. For a six month deal, he gets sent off on his debut. He looked lively when he when he started and he looked there was a player there, but what, what's, what's been your thoughts on Joe Felix? And in fact, you know, do you think that he could be somebody vital for Chelsea between now and the end of the season? I mean, everything that I saw from him was passion. Everything that I saw from him was great progression up the field, great touches on the ball. Um, I think he awoke an animal inside Kai Havertz when he was playing on the field. Um, his distribution was incredible. Um, obviously his red card was an accident and you immediately saw a forgiving face and hands up like, ah, oh, damn, I knew I did something wrong. Um, I think his, you know, three match ban comes at a horrible time for us, but at the same time, it might just spark him and allow him to, to gel more with the club, with the players in practice and develop that rapport that he needs to actually be a, a squad player with us. Um, I tell you what, man. I would love, love, love to see um, our new guy, Murdrick, on the left, Raheem mm -hmm. Sterling on the right, and um, Yao Felix up top with maybe, like, if we're running a 4-2-3-1 and have, like, Kai Havertz sitting right behind. Oh, man. I think I think there's – we're slowly – slow in his rightful position as a 10. And that's it. Like putting him in a position where he can actually thrive and not be the, the the tip of the spear 
more, more, I, I mean, I'm, I think if you're, if you're really looking at what's going on, something dangerous is being created up top, Keith, like something, something, I just hope that we do enough with Yao Felix where maybe just maybe we find a way to sign him permanently. Um, but that's all bearing on whether or not he can actually, you know, very deliver. Tough. He, ha- he hasn't, he, ha- mean, he hasn't he delivered signed yet. signed a new deal till 2027, I believe. So even if Atletico did want to sell him, it's going to be, you're looking at Mudrick money. You know, yeah, but you know what? It's, it's not our, it's, it's not our money. It's, it doesn't matter. It's not like it's hurting our pocketbooks as a Chelsea fan. Like we're here to ruin football again, right? Like let's, let's just, if we're going to spend the money, then let's spend the money. Who cares? It's not our money. Um, if we're complying with FFP and we're not getting in any in trouble and this guy's going to deliver us a position in the top four and maybe to compete in Champions League again, then let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. I love the optimism. Yeah, I like that. And even when we're – I mean, when you're at the – when you're when we're playing as bad as we have, like all you have left is to be optimistic for the future. <laughs> like what, what else am I supposed to be, Keith? That I mean, is true. Been... No, no, that <laughs> is true. And it's a shame because many more Chelsea fans should have that attitude. So, no, granted, absolutely granted. But... Win, lose, or tie. Chelsea till I die, Keith. Like this is just how this is. Like – more Chelsea fans need to realize this is this is the humbling that some pe- some Chelsea fans have needed. And you know what? If this gets rid of all the plastic fans that jumped on in bandwagon years, that then you know what? Maybe we don't need those type of fans there. Like Chelsea fans need to ex- needed apparently to experience a little bit of struggle and realize what it's like to not be the top dog. But at the same time we still get to say we were champions of the world. We still get to say that we're the best team in London. We've got two stars that Tottenham and Arsenal would sell their mother's house for. So let's just, let's just realize like we're things are bad, but things aren't terrible. Brilliantly put love the optimism. Finally, Dylan, what's your prediction for this season? And in fact, Sort of moving on as well, sort of going long term. Where do you see Chelsea in twelve months' time? Uh, twelve months' time, I will see us probably either in the Europa League or in the Europa Conference League because we will have either finished in fifth or sixth. Um, I think that um, there's going to be a shakeup in the table. Tottenham's not doing as well as as people think they are. Liverpool is not competing as hard as we could. I think we're going to have a chance to get in there. Um, hopefully it's going to be, um, a team that has been refreshed with energetic players that want to be there or not experiencing the injuries that we are now. I would love to have a fresh squad because if we had a fully fit squad right now on paper, it is very, very, very dangerous. Um, so I'm going to say right now you're, you're asking where we at 12, 12 months from now, I think we're sitting third in the table and probably, um, you know, within within six points of a title challenge. Interesting. Okay. Tell me what you're thinking. You're, it, tell it, me what you're thinking. You're, listen, you're not as obviously as optimistic it could as I happen. am. No, no, no. It, it, it could happen. I'm personally not sure if Potter's the right man to take us into that level. Well, who, who, some... if, if, if Potter's not the guy, then who do you think is the guy that could? There's a difference between who I think could and who I think would become the Chelsea manager. Then let's hear it. 
Me personally, I would go for Zidane. He would be my choice. But didn't, However, didn't, didn't Zidane have everything under his at his disposal as, as far as the players that were ready to play for him? I feel like he's stepped into a ready-made team that was ready to go. Like it's very much like Pep Guardiola, where they step into these managerial roles with ready-made teams and they automatically ascend to the top of the table. Um, I I don't necessarily believe that a foreign manager is going to be able to step into this team and get us where we want. Um, it may take a little bit longer than what I said to get us where we need to be, but I don't, man, I'm not necessarily saying that a Zidane is going to be able to do it. He's possibly just a name. He's not a club legend at Chelsea. You don't think a club legend is more likely to have the ability to, to spark the drive. And I wouldn't touch any club legends anymore. Not after what happened with Frank. And I'm very yeah. glad that John Terry hasn't even, there's no talk about him potentially coming back to Chelsea as an assistant or whatever. Well, isn't he, isn't he with the academy right now? Isn't he's, he coaching with he, the- he's, he's doing some bits with the academy. He's, he's mentoring. He's, he's doing some bits. He's doing some stuff with the development squad. I know that, you know, Lewis Hall has worked under him a little bit with, with, with some of the uh, games with the under 21s and under 23s. Very highly rated Lewis Hall as well, and I know he's highly rated by some of the Chelsea coaching staff. But you're no, saying in ten, you're saying in ten years, you don't think there's any possibility of even an assistant manager being John Terry? It could happen, but I would prefer it not to happen because it because unfortunately, in them sort of situations and in football, it will end in tears. Well, my it only ended per- in tears when Mourinho came back. It ended in tears when Lampard came back, and then he got he he got the boot. The only manager that I think that's currently in the Premier League that I would even think about having over to Chelsea um, that even even might even have the possibility of two coming to Chelsea, where all the stars align, is Antonio Conte. He's the only one that I would want to come back. That's currently a manager in the league. And he was my I, second choice. Is he okay? I, I I would have I would have him back tomorrow. Yeah, I think I would too. I think he I think he knows the club and he knows he knows these players, and I think that he'd be able to do something with us. But at the same time, the conversation's all for naught because you and I both know that Grand Potter's not going anywhere at least until January of next year. I don't. Agreed. Agreed. The only way that I think Graham Potter is gone is if we get relegated. That is the only position I think that Graham Potter is leaving. So I could love to speculate on any manager that we could possibly get. Your Zidane's, your Pochettino's, your, you know, bringing back Don Carlo again. But at the end of the day, uh, we'll we've, bring we've, back Jose for a third time. Third time's a charm. Do you think that's a good idea? Do you really think that's a good idea? Hell, where we are at the moment, I would take anything right now. Anything positive, I would, I would take it. Sod it. I just, I just don't, I, I, I'm, maybe I'm just too hopeful after that win versus Crystal Palace. Maybe I'm just <laughs> bl- blindly happy about this. But at the end of the day, I think that um, I think that we're just going to have to buckle in for the ride and realize that player power is over and it's time to shift where we are with our players and get them right in line. Well, let's hope that Chelsea do well this year. We started off a little bit iffy at terms, but again, while we're recording this, we won the other night against Crystal Palace and hopefully 
we can have a good end to the season. But Dylan, just one final thing before I, I do let you go. Just finally, just briefly mention if anybody is interested in coming to New Orleans next month that wants to come and see Chelsea Parade, where do they find you? How do they get in touch? You've got a minute to promote yourself. Uh, for anybody that's looking for more information on Blues Day, go to carefreelouisiana.com. There's full of full uh, schedule of the event as far as what we got going on. For anybody wanting to see more information about our chapter, go on Instagram, carefreelouisiana.com. Um, we're constantly promoting the event, promoting the chapter, what the boys have got going on. Uh, all I can say is if you are even halfway tempted to come down, pull the trigger. Let's go. Come down to New Orleans. First beer is on me if you make it. Perfect. Couldn't said it better myself. Dylan, absolute pleasure to have you on the show again. Good luck with Blues Day next month. And one day, maybe one day, one Blues Day, I'll be able to buy you a drink in New Orleans. How's that? That sounds good, man. I'm just telling you, if you start saving right now, you can come next year, Keith. We'll do a live podcast from the event if you want to come. I would would love to do that. Would love to do that. Dylan, you take it easy, my friend. We'll, We'll speak soon. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.